Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. Lisa, and if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can find me at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast, and I have a Patreon. Uh, the show is always free, but if you want to support me on there, you can. That's at Patreon.com/slash I Love That Movie, all one word. Um, and you know, we have weekly bonus episodes of everything else I'm watching. People often ask me what I thought about different movies or shows. That all goes on the Patreon. Right now, we just wrapped up. We covered all of She-Hulk. So if you want to hear that on there, you can. And I have guests on there. Um, and we've covered lots of other Marvels shows and uh, Star Wars shows. So we got a lot of fun on that podcast. Um, and I do want to take a quick moment to thank my top patrons. And they are Chris Balga, Jeff Woodman, Philip Barker, Michael Cross, and Josh Johnson. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. Uh, and if you like what you hear today, please subscribe and rate the show. It does help new listeners find us. Uh, and I want to welcome back a returning guest. Um, I've got Danny Hercules on the line. Say hi, Danny. Hello, Lisa. Thanks for having me back. It's always a pleasure to be here. Yes, always appreciate having you. Um, I know uh, this 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 pick that you that you have this time. It's you know for spooky season, mm-hmm. but you've been on a few times. We did uh, Xanadu. Um, we did, uh, waitress, waitress. Yeah. I can, I was going to say pie. (laughs) (laughs) I know there's a pie on the picture waitress. Um, and so this is a little bit of a departure from some of those episodes that you've done in the past. Yeah. I think everything I did in the past was somehow related to a musical, uh, where waitress had become a musical after, uh, after it was the movie. And last time we also did 1776, which was always a musical. And I, I vowed last time that the next time I was on, I would pick something that was had no relationship to music other than having a, a score, of course. Yeah, I remember we even had a discussion where I was like, you're our musical guy. And you were like, <laughs> well, Waitress isn't a musical. And I was like, oh, you're right. And I'm like, why do I think of? And you're like, well, we did do Xanadu, and that was with music. <laughs> it's like right. two out of three, I guess. Well, um, also, we did Waitress and Elf. Both of those, uh, Elf, Elf and oh, Waitress, yeah. were both movies that were not but... musicals that were turned into Broadway musicals. That's that's probably... And, and Elf still has a musical number. It does. So, it does. I mean, it's not a musical, but it's a music in it. I don't know. I, You know, after five years of doing this, I, <laughs> <laughs> I make up my own rules. Yeah. Apparently, one song is a musical now. Um, but okay. So this one doesn't have any musical numbers in it. There is some music in the background, but that's it. Um, so we've actually talked about this pick before. I feel like, am I right? You and me? Yeah, I think you almost, it might've been around Halloween last year or something, but I feel like you've suggested this before. I haven't been on the show with it, but yeah, I think I've sent you lists of things that I'd be interested in talking about. And this has always been on that list because I really do love this movie. It stood out to me. Well, I, I won't keep people in suspense anymore. What movie did you choose to talk about today? Final Destination 2. Not one, but two. Interesting. <laughs> um, so, yes. I, as I said before, you know, it is spooky season, and we do try to cover Halloween episodes. Uh, Halloween-like adjacent movies, either horror movies or about Halloween. So this fits into that category. Um but I'm getting ahead of myself, Danny. I forgot to say, introduce yourself a little bit. <laughs> we talked about all the episodes you were on, but we haven't talked about you. That's pretty much all I do is I, I do uh, podcasts. Um, no, um, 
I uh, was a writer. Uh, I am a writer. I wrote a Christmas novel called North Pole High, A Rebel Without a Clause. You can get that on Amazon. And I also have a series of ebooks on screenwriting. That's something that I, I studied, and I was in Los Angeles for about 10 years as a board uh, member of the Scriptwriters Network. Um, but I've, I've since left that all behind, and now I'm just kind of enjoying watching movies and not trying to write them anymore. Well, you know, it's fun to do both, to both watch, to write, all that. That's really cool, I so thank you. writing projects that I do on the side. I don't know what's going to happen with them, but I am I still keep busy writing. Oh, that's great. That's good to hear. Well, um, let's talk a little bit about this movie. Uh, I say this all the time, but we're probably not going to, we're going to have spoilers. You know, I do think you need to watch the movie before you jump into this discussion with us, so getting that out of the way this will not be spoiler free uh danny what is your history with this movie like did you see it in theaters or i did i saw it at the amc in mission valley a 20 screen theater uh i went to the theater with my friend heather uh we had the last movie we'd seen together uh, a week before we saw the movie um uh darkness falls another horror movie and it Mm. was terrible and we both hated it. <laughs> yeah, I can't and say I think, remember that one. <laughs> yeah, and I think we actually had a run of a couple of bad horror movies in a row. This would have been January, and the studios always dump the bad movies out in January. Um, so we made a conscious decision to not go see another horror movie, and we got in line to go see How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, which had just opened, and mm. I think it was near Valentine's Day, so it was sold out. So there we are looking at what else is playing, and we said, and, and Heather says, well, let's go see Final Destination 2. And I said, no way, I have a rule that I, I had not seen the first uh, movie and that I never go see sequels if I haven't seen the movie before it. So she said, that's stupid. And she, <laughs> she described the whole <laughs> plot of the first movie to me while we were still in line before we got to the window. And to the movie's credit, they do a good job of, of reiterating everything you need to know, recapping everything you need to know uh, about the first movie at the beginning of the second movie. So I didn't even need that primer from my friend. But uh, she convinced me, and we went in and saw it, and I loved it even more than she did. I just thought it was great. I've I've since gone back and seen the first movie, uh, which is good, but I still like the second one better. (laughs) I'm probably the reverse of you in that the first one made a huge impression on me, and then the second one, I feel like I've seen it, but I'm not sure. (laughs) I think this might have been my first time. But it could be nostalgia makes me like that first one a little bit more just because of when I saw it. Yeah. But I agree that the movie does a good job of recapping what happened in the first one in like a fairly subtle way to where it's like woven mm-hmm. into the plot and it's not like yeah. they have to like cover a lot of ground. I have to say my first impression of watching the sequels, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Uh-huh. Um, I think if you hadn't picked it, I probably like I don't usually if there's like an anthology like this in with this kind of horror movie. I usually just skip all the other ones, assuming they're not going to be as good. But (laughs) I actually, I think a lot of people did skip seeing this one for that same reason. Yeah, I might have too. Had I seen the first one first, I might have been even more inclined to not want to see the second one. Right, and like I think of a lot of other movies like that. But then when I talk to fans of those franchises, they'll often say like, "No, you should go ahead and check out the other ones." And I'm like, "Oh, you know, like there and there are some that I defend like that, like." I love like I like paranormal activity. I know it's some right. you know in some horror circles people don't like that, but I like them. And I watch every time they came out with another one. I wouldn't saw it. <laughs> some of them are better than others, but I enjoyed the concept, so I I liked seeing them. So, you know, with this movie, I I actually like I said, I think I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, you know what you're getting with Final Final Destination. I wouldn't say you know I wouldn't put up there with like The Exorcist or something. <laughs> but it was like a newer idea of a horror genre. It was, you know, kind of fresh and interesting, especially at the time. And I enjoy it for what it is. It's like a fun ride, you know? Absolutely. That's all they were aiming for. Yeah. yeah and like, there's different levels of horror and like, I pretty much like all of them. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown of the plot and then we'll kind of jump into it in since I do like the first one, we'll probably I'll, I'll probably throw in my ideas of like, you know, things I like about this one compared to the first one and vice versa. But um, the gist is that Kimberly has a premonition 
of a horrible highway accident, killing multiple people, including her and her friends. She blocks the cars behind her on the ramp from joining traffic, and as police trooper arrives, the accident actually happens, but, you know, she's not hurt. But after that, um, you know, death is after her and her friends, essentially. <laughs> so That's it's a, a lot like the first one. Death instead has of to a catch plane up crash. Yes. <laughs> instead <laughs> of a plane crash, it's a car pileup. Um, and I have a couple of quick facts I wanted to share about that. One is that the accident on the highway in this movie is based on a 125 car pileup that happened on Interstate 75 in Ringgold, Georgia in 2002. And this wow. movie came out in 2003. So they must have written that quick. Um, and then the other one that I have is that at around five minutes, the school bus full of kids is chanting pile up mm -hmm. from Mount Abraham, the same school as all the victims from Final Destination. So another callback to the first one. Yep. There's a lot of Easter eggs in, in this movie. I mean, yeah, I noticed that subtle, when I was reading through this very, list. Very subtle. Uh, the first movie, you heard the song "Leaving on a Jet Plane" every time someone was about to get killed. There are oh. two occurrences <laughs> of that in this movie, but they're very subtle. One is the the music playing in the dentist's office, but it's it's dialed way down so you barely notice it. It's a Muzak version of it, and I forget where oh. the other one was. Um, also have that various cast members from the film have appeared in the TV series Smallville. I wanted to oh. include that because there's <laughs> a lot of my listeners love DC stuff. So Tony Todd, Sarah Carter, Sean Sipos, and James Kirk have all appeared in various episodes of Smallville. And that Very probably cool. speaks to the fact that, that, yeah, I, I feel like it speaks to the fact that Smallville was, you know, pretty popular at the time. So, mm -hmm. yeah. But um, the pileup thing... I, I will say that, like, for me personally, that's kind of a big fear of mine anyway. Um, really? Yeah, like, I mean, you know, the plane thing, I mean, obviously that would be horrible. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's less likely, whereas a pileup, I mean, that, that does happen, you know? Yeah. So I find that, like, a lot more chilling um, than, than, the, than the plane crash. It's also so unique. If you started with the premise and you were going to write either, and the first movie hadn't been written, and you, it seems like an obvious choice to go for a plane crash. Yes. And and you wouldn't, if 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 you pitched the original movie as there's a big pileup on the highway, and they're like, what? That's that's not scary, you know. It's it's it's, it's not unusual. It's a, it's it's weird. It doesn't feel, yeah. you know. It was such a great choice. Yeah, I like it because it's like, I don't know, I think it's easier to relate to. It's like, yeah, you know. They found I mean, so that... many unique ways to kill people in that one pileup. They, they, <laughs> <laughs> they put a whole movie's worth of effort into that one scene. I mean, it's, it's just I amazing. agree. It looks pretty good. And, like, it, it's got, you know, these kind of horror movies have, like, I guess what you'd call, like, exciting kills, you know. Right. And so there's a lot of them in this film that are fun and they they kind of let you know that like hey this movie's fun you know we're not just trying to scare you like you're here to have fun too and um it has a lot of good ones but yeah you're right even in the pile up there's there's a lot of good ones and um i i, I mean the log is it. the best the, the, the log <laughs> and that's a call back to the out. first one i feel like because didn't that oh, happen it, in the first one i don't remember i think so i think i think that movie ruined my ability to drive behind any logs <laughs> it's just it's so it's like oh i hadn't even thought of that oh no now i'm gonna think of that forever um yeah i think that happened in the first one so i think that one's like a, a little bit of yeah. a callback yeah it didn't cool. happen obviously from the plane but it's like i think on one of the people on the list that happens too it might have been. It might have been in other movies, too, something similar. There's a, a director, the guy uh, who directed All the President's Men, Alan Pecula, who actually died that in a similar way. It wasn't oh, It wasn't a log, horrible. but it was like a long steel rod from the, on a truck in front of him. Again, right through the windshield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's also because I'm not the best driver. I don't know. But uh -oh. um, <laughs> I, I do my best. Um, the director of this is David R. Ellis, who began as an actor and then he switched to the stunt world um 
And so I guess that's where I guess that makes sense why he would pick a movie like this because it's got a lot of stunts in it. You think? Yep. Yeah, he he done the second unit on uh, the Matrix, the Matrix two and three before this. That's and, right. Uh, I forget what else. I, I mean, he just did a did a ton of action sequences as a second unit director, and that was partly you know why he got this job. That makes sense. He did Snakes on a Plane, which Snakes on a Plane. I, I still yeah. enjoy that. So. <laughs> And, like, I can see that in this movie. Like I said, it's kind of, like, it's fun. Like, it's, it's got the, you know, suspense and the plot and all that. But it's, like, it's, it's kind of like an action movie. It, it's an action movie. It's a horror movie. And I also think it's really a comedy. I mean, especially if you look at the very, very, very last shot. You know, when the, when the arm, you know, the barbecue that explodes and the kid's arm falls on his mother's plate. Yes. It feels like that, to me, was a big wink and saying, you know you just watched a comedy, don't you? Right. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the plot. Unless, do you know a lot about the cast? Uh, they're pretty much unknowns to me. I haven't seen a lot of them in anything really before or since. I think I've seen Ellie Larder in something else after this. I can't remember Yeah, why. Tony Todd, who oh, is Well, like, Tony Todd, of course. He's the special yeah, guest star, really. He's, right, he's like more of a cameo. And then there's also um, the guy from Battlestar Galactica. I don't know if you're a Battlestar Galactica fan. Aaron okay. Douglas. He's He has a minor role in this, and he was in that show. Um, I can't remember his name in the show, but he was like one of the main characters. But yeah, for the most part, it's relative unknown. So let's talk about some of your favorite scenes. Well, I know everybody talks mostly about the pileup, which we already talked a little bit about. But for me, it's uh, the next uh, set piece after that with the with the guy in the apartment that catches on fire. Oh my gosh, that part makes me so anxious. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to. I remember I actually took that scene into a writers group that I used to belong to. That uh, one week we just nobody had any new material to bring in to to read, so they said, "Let's everybody bring in a scene, a favorite scene from a movie, and we'll discuss it and we'll dissect it and stuff." And I brought that scene in, and they just like, "Oh my god!" It, it, it's a masterclass in building suspense and in in red herrings and in tricking you and manipulating the audience to think one thing is going to happen and then have it be something totally different. But it's all makes sense because it's all set up perfectly. Everything is a chain reaction. Every so, right. there's a cause and an effect. It's just like the very first thing he does is he throws the spaghetti out the window. At the very end, <laughs> he ends up dying because he slips on that same spaghetti. You know. Yes, I I think when he puts his hand in the garbage disposal, that's the hardest yeah. part of of, yeah. of that scene for me. I I just I can't imagine doing that, you know. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, I feel like I've seen too many movies where somebody turns it on or something. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And, and and the so audience that, goes, "Oh, I know what's going to happen now. His hand's going to get stuck in there. I'm sure it's going to happen. I'm sure it's going to." And he gets out, but there's more problems, you know, than the windows close and he can't get out. And the, oh, it's great. And it yeah. all, it, it's similar with the magnet falling, you know, the, the whole thing starts because the magnet falls into the Chinese food, he puts it into the microwave, and that causes the, the first explosion. But the magnet, mm -hmm. when it falls, if you noticed, I don't know if you listened to the commentary or read any of the trivia or anything, but um, it says, his, his, the, kid's, the character's name is Evan, so the, the letters of the magnet spell, hey, E, E for Evan, and the H falls, leaving the letters E-Y-E -E for I. And that's how he dies as the oh. ladder falls through his eye. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of setup. That's great. I think he also has an eyeball on his keychain. <laughs> wow, a lot of foreshadowing. And he drives a firebird, which was meant to symbolize that he's going to die in a fire or that there's going to be a fire. Mm -hmm. Also, even when he's first walking into the apartment, he's still in the hallway. He's carrying all the boxes. He steps on a doll. The doll is missing her left eye, her right eye same eye that he gets poked through well and later like um the character from the first film explains that like there are all these signs that you have to constantly right. look for yeah um and and if you're able to spot them you can actually prevent your death exactly so that's a lot of good foreshadowing i did not notice all that stuff oh i didn't notice it either it's all on the commentary oh nice i mean i, I like watching movies just for i don't 
really like to think about it too hard. I have to like the movie first, and then I'll delve into it and, and listen to all the all the extra stuff. If I if I like the movie, I'll I'll read the trivia and read what people are saying online about it, and I find out all these cool things about it. So, but, yeah. But I have to really enjoy it first. And I what I really loved about this because I hadn't seen the first one, and 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 it, like the first one, the the antagonist, the villain of the piece is a concept he's a death he's he's not yeah. a guy in a in a hockey mask and sure. that gives him the ability to do anything and I, at least in this movie because i think they 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 took this up a notch in the second movie from the first movie uh is that death has a sense of humor in the way he's 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 messing with the characters he says i'm gonna kill you this way and then they avoid it and then boom he gets them another way it's like so death is this unseen character, but he, yet he still has a personality. Yeah, I, in fact, I noticed that like in the crash and during certain parts of the movie, I mean, it sounds like death is like laughing through the yeah. accident or through the mayhem um, at them. You can like hear it. Um, mm -hmm. The other big difference, I think, that I noticed about this movie. Well, there's a few like number one, I feel like in the first movie. It was very much aimed. I mean, I think they're they're both aimed at like a younger, maybe mm. like a teen teens going to see a horror movie. But I feel like Final Destination, the first one, was more so aimed at like younger people. Oh, yeah. Whereas this one, it really felt like because I think in the first one he was like on a plane with all his friends and like I think they his friends like took up the whole flight or something like that. Or, so it was like well, a it was only his group people. of friends that got off with him. Oh, that's right. So only they got off, so they're the only ones that are killed, and that's why they're all his age. But mm -hmm. in this movie, it's unique because the victims are not... I mean, her friends, first of all, die right away. That's something you don't expect. You yeah. get to know yeah. all the friends in like the first scene. You know, she's got a friend that's a pothead, a party girl, da 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 but they all get killed immediately. And then they get wiped out right at the beginning. Yeah, and, she, and, you're, and you're as the audience, you're like, oh, I thought we were supposed to get to know them. That's the guy that I like. That's the guy I don't. That girl's cool. Da, da, da. Nope, we don't get to know any of them. Yeah, and like it's the like rest Psycho of the victims. In that. It's like Psycho in that respect. You're, you're, you're expecting this to be about Janet Lee, and then she gets killed, and, and you don't know what can happen next. Yes, I love that. I like a good switch switcheroo on you, but... Um, and in addition to that, the, the, the victims are different ages and from different backgrounds. And so yeah. I like that too, where it's like, there's a mother, there's, um, you know, people of color, there's, uh, the, the, the kind of burnout dude, um, you know, just a bunch of different people, uh, the goth girl, like, I like that, you know, it's like a bunch of strangers that kind of get forced into a situation where they grow close because of what they're all going through. I, I don't know. I just like that. Mm -hmm. And then. I guess like the main character was a hero in the first one, but I really feel like this character, I mean, even after knowing what's going to happen, because in the first movie they don't know. And then right. I think at the end he's a hero because he realizes what's happening. But in this movie, it's like, she kind of knows right off the bat after she meets a victim from the other crash. And yet she continues to like go forward and be the hero in this movie. So well, she has there's no a choice. lot. Yeah. Well, that's true. But like, remember the other girls, like you could end up like me and, right. you know, stay in this padded cell and stuff like that. And she's like, you're scared. You know, you're afraid to try I've got to try to save these people. So like, she does have like this kind of heroic spirit, you know, absolutely. That the first well, character when, couldn't have had really, because he didn't know what was happening. But yeah. Sure. And when, when the, uh, the girl from the first movie, when she does decide to join in the fight, she's kind of badass, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so she's, it's like kind of a different, it's in a different way she's, in this one. In a way, her character reminds me of Sarah Connor, the difference between her and the first Terminator movie and the second Terminator movie, how she be, became all buff and, and, and trained and, and, and assault yes, weapons. Yes, that's true. That that's a good point. That's a good comparison. Yeah, it's like this movie is different because it's not just doing the same movie again, really, because you can't because it's already happened. Yeah. And like these characters are aware of what happened in the first movie. So they operate a little bit differently. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right about it being a group of strangers uh, as being a different dynamic from a group of friends. And, and it's not just the first Final Destination that had a group of friends. That's kind of, uh, you know, the, the teens getting killed is a kind of a staple in the horror genre yeah. from Friday the 13th and Halloween and, and uh, Cabin in the Woods. 
and and you're right. This this is one of the things I really liked about it. That this was this group, group dynamic. That yeah, didn't... and it's like it's interesting because I feel like it it does give it. Well, a lot of times when there's a sequel, the biggest complaint is like you know, they basically just do the same thing again. And I feel like they did change enough in this movie to make it stand apart from the first Mm -hmm. one. Like, I think that's what really surprised me is I think I used to think, well, you know, I know what's going to happen. So like, why would I watch it basically? But I felt like this one was like different enough. Like, well, one of the biggest differences too, is that death goes in reverse. So like in the first movie, death had a list and like everyone that would have died on the plane crash, whatever order they died in, that's how they would, die and roll you know after the crash because they cheated death but in this movie death switched it up and like went the reverse well another big difference between this and a lot of uh, most other horror movies is that it mostly took place in broad daylight yeah yeah pulling a a shiny they don't (laughs) they don't hold back from showing the kills and you see them in broad daylight you see that blood splatter there's no it's not hidden in the shadows or anything like that and uh, that's that was really refreshing because, you know, I, I mentioned I saw a movie, uh, Darkness Falls, the week before this. And one of the problems with that, it was it, it was literally poorly lit. It was like in such darkness that you couldn't tell what was going on. You know, it's just yeah. you're supposed to be, ooh, it's spooky because it's dark and they're going down a dark hallway. And I'm so tired of that. You know? Oh, yeah, I completely agree. Like a lot of movies. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of like first time directors and indie horror and stuff like that you know they pick horror movies because they're lower budget and Mm -hmm. one of the ways to lower the budget is to make it dark you know um to not show a whole lot and to benefit from not being able to see everything and it's a play on the audience's fear of the dark you know um and sometimes that's really effective but it can be overplayed so it is unique when a movie decides to take place during the daytime and i mean the crash was during the day too yeah Yep. Um, and so all their deaths are during the day. It could easily be at night. You know, a lot of movies you watch, it's like at night, in the middle of the night, and then they look at their alarm clock, and it's midnight. It's like, ooh, you know. Yeah, But this exactly. movie doesn't have that. But it, and and let's talk about the best kill. I, I it was was when the guy gets cut into three pieces. I mean, that wouldn't have been good at all if it was in the dark. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You could actually see his intestines flopping around when he falls down. <laughs> yes. Although my favorite is that one guy getting smashed. Uh, oh, with the plate glass? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that was a good one. I too. like laughed out loud. Like, you know how you, like, when you, when you watch a movie like this and you're like laughing, like not laughing at it, but like laughing because you're like, that's. That's great, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. It's this. You can't separate comedy from horror. It's always there. I, re- I remember when I was a kid and I went to see Jaws in the theater, and you know those two. Uh, there's a couple of jump scares. The one when the head pops out of the boat, and you have oh, seen yeah. it, right? Yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah, I love Jaws. It's like one of my favorite movies. Uh, and sure. I remember seeing that, you know, when it was new and in a, in a big theater of a thousand people, and everybody jumps, and then you laugh at yourself for jumping. Because you realize, yes. well, I'm not in the water. This can't get me. That's that's the, to me. That's what humor. That's what comedy. How comedy and horror belong together. Yeah. You know, you're, or you're, you're like impressed to too. Like you're like, man, that got me, and you're yeah. like enjoying it. Yeah, you're supposed to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. What's another uh, good scene that you really liked? Well, you mentioned the dentist officer. Well, the the kid uh, that that was a great one. I mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they talk a lot about, and I recognized this myself when I saw it. The, the kills are, or the the sequences of events that lead up to the kills are they are are often described as Rube Goldberg devices. You know what that is? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like those machines that people build right. that like domino effect. Yeah. 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 Because it's like, well, the simple way to do something like turn on a light switch is just to turn it on light switch. But this Rube Goldberg would draw that you made these illustrations of of a guy who built a whole machine where a mouse uh, hits a lever and that causes a marble to fall somewhere. And that causes a fan to start going. And eventually there's a string that pulls the light switch. And it's it's and that actually happens. Something very similar to that happens when they're in the cop's apartment. Mm hmm. Uh, but they nobody gets killed in that one. But 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 that's we see the uh, the somebody the golf ball hits a thing and then that causes the the kayak to swing down and 
and almost kill yep. somebody. So yeah, they they deliberately came up with all these these inventive ways, and each one of those things, each one of these intermediate steps, is supposed to make you think that's how they're going to die. And it's a fun it's a fun like um, scenario because like nobody likes going to the dentist. Oh yeah, yeah, and, then, <laughs> and yeah, like again. the birds hitting the window, which kind of reminds <laughs> me a little bit of the birds. Uh, <laughs> That's creepy. That is really creepy when the bird when when he's got the needle and he's ready to to shoot the novocaine there, and and he gets jarred by the sound of the bird. Oh, that's scary to me. You know. Yeah, yeah, and like. The electricity thing, you know, the yeah. water coming out of the fish. There's just so much, like, going on that you're like, mm -hmm. how is this guy going to die? And then somehow none of that is it. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. There's also um, one of the first things the dentist says when the kid sits down in the chair. He says, um, are you feeling any pain? And as he says the word pain, you see the pane of glass floating outside the window that's eventually going to kill him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and that That's was timed funny. deliberately that way. Yeah, that makes sense. The dentist was, I don't know. <laughs> he, he lacked focus. <laughs> I loved how he was holding that needle, like the birds kept hitting the window, and he's just like, oh, let's just give you some gas. It's like, that wouldn't yeah. prevent him from drilling his mouth. <laughs> right, right. <by> accident. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. The part with the kayak, I, it, like the fact that this director directed snakes on a plane ugh, makes sense to me. I don't know. <laughs> like the part with the kayak, the it's the part where like Eugene is like mm. proclaiming that he, you know, that death can't get him and all that stuff. And then that yeah. kayak almost takes him out. It just, yeah, something Eugene, about that right. reminded me of that. Eugene is great. Eugene was originally written in the script as a nebbishy Woody Allen type. And they cast oh, really? it completely and it was uh, much better with with the guy that they ended up casting. He's he's very funny in this. I think yeah, I agree that that was a better choice. I think the other choice maybe would have been too like caricature. -y, Absolutely, you know? yeah. And wouldn't have really fit the tone. So I yeah, I liked I liked Eugene. I was I was rooting for him. <laughs> and then there's the elevator. Um, oh God, <laughs> with the hooks. I remember, Someone's going to kill the, you with hook hands or whatever. Yeah, the hooks <laughs> was kind of weird because, like, why is that guy walking around with a basket full of arms, you know, the prosthetic arms? Nobody really knows. Yeah. It's just weird. It's just funny. But uh, the, also the first scene in the elevator when he's um, uh, holding up his, his shoe to the other guy, it, it had no purpose in there just to be a little comic relief. But it, it was pretty funny. It worked. Yes. But yeah. but then how she gets killed. I remember when I saw that, I thought, I don't think somebody, you know, elevators have, you know, devices in them to prevent them from, from moving when they, they there's something blocking them. I didn't think that that could really happen. And then a few years later, I did read that something like that happened in Japan to somebody. It ha it has happened. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've read about that happening here, too. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's uncommon and it does mean something's wrong, but... Yeah, that would be a scary way to, to go. And then when um, uh, the 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 one woman cat she uh, she comes back into the apartment all splattered in blood and she says, "Let's find the pregnant lady now." That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, "I'm on board now. <laughs> we have to. We need to figure this out." <laughs> yeah, all of them have their point where they they change from skepticism to like, "Okay, we got to do something about this because I'm going to be next." Yeah. Yeah. Even the guy that gets sliced in three, Rory, I think is his name. He has that one moment that it's it's like the most touching moment in the move uh, in the movie, and he's actually saying, "Could you go get rid of my porn so my mother won't find yeah. out?" <laughs> he's like, "It's gonna break her heart." The porn so and wacky. the drugs. <laughs> and it's she's weird. like, "Yeah, I'll do it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious, and it's also heartwarming to to think yeah. that he cares that much. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what else. Well, Eugene's got another brush with death in the uh, hospital. Yes. Right, because he's at the he's losing oxygen, or death is coming after him again with the oxygen thing. But at the same time as the pregnant woman. Right. So. And then there's that that false sense of relief when the baby is born, 
and the machine kicks back on, and we think, oh, Eugene's going to live, and then Clear or, or, or the other or Kimberly figures out, wait a minute, no, I think it's, oh, because she still has another vision. She says, so it wasn't the baby at all. And then as soon as she figures that out, the explosion takes out both Eugene and Clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Death is not done with them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I, I do like that, uh, I've seen it before, but I like that she had to cause her, her own death knowing that she could be revived in order to solve the whole problem. And um, I know uh, I, I did a, a podcast with the, the other guys that you're friends with, uh, Video Store Rejects. We did, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, with Cody and We talked them. about the Frighteners, mm-hmm. and spoiler alert, Michael J. Fox dies twice at the end of that movie in order to continue mm-hmm. the fight from the afterlife because he's fighting with... Uh, uh, ghosts, so I I love that. I it's it's I've, like I said I've seen it before, but when somebody has to go to the extreme of dying in order to to survive, that's so unique and rare, you know. Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like in the first one there was some sort of sacrificial thing that Devin Sawa did, but I can't uh, remember. I need to watch that movie be. again. It's yeah, I haven't time. seen it in a long time. I just I just heard the second one, and that's the one I watch a lot. I you yeah, know I saw yeah. the third one when it came out, and I was so disappointed that I haven't even seen the fourth or the fifth. So yeah, I think this is as far as I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> I might have seen this before, but not sat down and watched seen it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, no, I agree. I like when she figures that out, like these premonitions mm-hmm. are like working in her favor. So like, I guess early on you could think, oh, the premonitions are from death, but no, you're cheating death. So that must right. be there's, it's There's her. some entity that's on her side. And I think that yeah. was the same in the first movie that the, the Devin Sawa character could, could uh, he had those same visions. It's what got them off the plane. It's what got them off the highway. So mm-hmm. I think it's some other entity. Maybe Tony Todd has something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah. But what's interesting is like she and the cop, you know, make it all the way to the end. Well, she, the cop, and then the girl from the first movie, right? Like they all kind of survive. No, no. The girl from the first movie is dead. She dies with Eugene. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. But there were two survivors in the first movie. Devin Sawa also survives, but they only had it only made sense in this story for the sequel to have one of them there, so they wrote him out and 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 had his character killed. Mm. Okay. I'm glad they decided on Allie Larder. I like her. She's in this movie. Yeah, she did a good job. Two women protagonists. They're two women heroes. Mm -hmm. That's true. But yeah, it kind of ends with them at that picnic and then yeah that great gas explosion (laughs) where they start going oh no it's another cheated death scenario oh you didn't tell me that (laughs) it's always got to kind of continue on somehow of course it does i mean you know well i like the you mentioned before the scene where they're in the car and they're talking about each of them has a connection to something that happened in the first movie Mm-hmm. And and that's that's talking about that same thing. It's like there is no way to completely avoid death because you know these these people or, or to really end this particular cycle because everybody who got a little bit extra life they affected everybody else's life in some way. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's true. Yeah, so that's why that they had that thing at the end, but. What I liked about that is, you know, a lot of sequels to, in horror movies don't even try to have any continuity uh, in that sense to, to the movie that came before it. It's just, okay, here's a Jason. He's going to kill a bunch of more campers. You know? That's and true. That's true. And, yeah. And, and so I really appreciate it. Even not having seen the first one, I loved that they had that continuity to it so that it was a real sequel. It is a continuation. Like None of those people would be in this movie if the people in the first movie hadn't died the way they did and, and at the time that they did. And it's on the anniversary, right, of the first right. one. So it's like it's almost like death does this every year or the premonition thing happens every year. Something happens every year to set off the chain of events. And it's mm-hmm. uh, that bus is from the high school from the first town. Yeah. So I don't know if the town is cursed as well. Like, yeah, there's a lot of connections <laughs> to the first one. Oh, I... I don't know if the bus made it through the pileup. I guess they were ahead of them. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Because <laughs> yeah. they went oh, on the there... ramp with them. That's true. 
Were there some other kills that we haven't gone over yet that you wanted to? Hmm. I know it's kind of the movie's an hour and a half, which oh, is I think cat. that's a good you know for a movie length. It does, yeah. It runs at a really nice pace. Uh, but cat the girl uh, in the car, she's pinned to the in oh, the yeah. car, and the airbag pushes her into the thing that's sticking out. That that was pretty clever, and I don't think that was their original version of it. I think they actually shot a different version of it. It did come out as well. And so that was a reshoot. Mm -hmm. So I, I forget what the other version of it was. I mean, it was still in the car. I think there, there was, it might've still been the puncture, but it wasn't the, the, um, the guy trying to rescue her that caused the, the airbag to go off. I think, Oh, I can't remember what it was, but anyway, I, I mean, Listening to them talk about it, you can tell that they put a lot of thought into each one of these and, and really, you know, really went over and over it again. They didn't just settle for their first choice. They said, yeah. well, what can make this even better? What can take it to the next level? And I just, I mean, I just really appreciate it. They're all so inventive, the, the kills in this. And the writers. Yeah, I agree. I, I didn't talk about the writers yet. So. Oh, um, yeah, go for it. Uh, Eric Brest and Jonathan Gruber were the writers. I think this was, uh, uh, they were, had not had anything produced yet. I think they met in film school and they were writing spec scripts and trying to get them out. They had a spec script for a movie called The Butterfly Effect. And it was making all the arounds at the studios and everybody liked it, especially New Line, but they all felt it was just way too dark. There was no way that they could get that movie made. It was just, uh, but New Line invited them to come in and pitch, you know, what ideas do you have for, for the franchises that we have, uh, properties that we already have. Maybe you can pitch a sequel. And they pitched this as the, the sequel to uh, Final Destination. And it was because of this was so successful that they got to make the butterfly effect. And they also got to direct that. And wow. I also love that as, as well. So, Yeah, I agree. It's a good movie. It is really dark. I mean, it is. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it but it's interesting the concept is interesting and oh yeah yeah it's an interesting film for sure absolutely love that and uh then they went on and they did uh, a show on abc family called kyle xy did you ever see that one i've never seen that but i remember hearing about it it was cute i know that they were the only time i ever asked a question at a panel at comic-con i went to the kyle xy panel and i asked about what was Eric and John's uh, involvement in it? They were, they're the show creators. They basically just pitched it and wrote the first couple of scripts and they wrote a Bible for the first season. But after that, they were in such demand from, from Final Destination 2 and 3, I think they also worked on that, and The Butterfly Effect, that they couldn't work on a weekly show. So they just kind of wow. got it started and left. And uh, and so um, the second season, when, once they were past the, what, the outline that was in the Bible, it wasn't as good. You know? so. It looks like from looking at their IMDb, they're working on something else. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I looked them up occasionally. They they haven't done a lot since Kyle XY. I don't know what happened to them. I think they're so brilliant, and I would love to see more from them. But there's yeah, something that looks like they're working on called Unapparent. Oh, it says okay. it's in pre-production. So very cool. Okay, yeah, so maybe maybe they're coming back. That's that's great. I look forward to that, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, very cool. Well, let's see. I, I mentioned all my favorite kills. I can't think of it. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about? Music or anything else? that uh, We haven't we talked haven't about touched? Tony Todd too much. The, oh, okay. He's in that one little scene in a cameo. And, uh, oh, yeah. They're, they're, we, we, so they bring out the, uh, the first guy that got killed, uh, or the, 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 you know, the lottery guy you know, in the apartment. Mm -hmm. That's his body that they bring out. And he's got the dipple ring, and Tony Todd is pulling that off with pliers. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I must sound really, uh, um, I don't know, uh, callous, because I find all these things hilarious. But it is, uh, it is a comedy. I think and... it's played for comedy, yeah. And <laughs> he's really good at being, like, intimidating, you yeah. know. Yeah. That uh, I know that scene was. Uh, in, if you look at the deleted scenes, there's a longer version of that scene, and there's some gr more gruesome shots of the nipple ring actually coming off. So. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I feel like in that scene, you almost feel like he's death. You know? Yeah. Like, and he's definitely that like, was the intent. He's like the closest you come to like seeing who's behind all this or whatever. Yeah. Makes you question it later. Yeah. 
you know, you mentioned the garbage disposal, and this, I, I remember seeing the inside. Did, did, when you saw it, did you see the inside of the garbage disposal, like his hand is stuck in there? No, I don't think so. I saw it okay. on, uh, I watched it on HBO Max. All right, so I, yeah, I don't get this either, because on, on the DVD, it's not there either, but on the commentary in that scene, they're talking about, oh, yeah, we just added that insert shot at the last minute with the inside, and I'm like, what insert shot? It's not there, but if you look at the uh, special features, I, I don't think it's a, a, in the deleted scenes, but in some of the other uh, special features, they have footage of of a different version of that scene that isn't in the movie, and I, I don't know what they were watching when they did the commentary, but it's not there. Oh, interesting. But yeah, there's one huh. little shot of, of you know, uh, they had to build a, a fake, uh, you know, interior of the garbage disposal because you know the, to get the camera in there, mm-hmm. and that makes uh, sense. they didn't use it. They they said that I guess some people thought it was maybe going too far, but then they said on the commentary, but we left it in. No, they didn't. Maybe they just didn't remember. I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. Or maybe there was like a, or, or I don't know, unless it was like in the theatrical cut, but not in That's, the DVD. Yeah, that maybe it was, and then they, for some reason, it's not in the DVD, but it is on the extra pictures. You can find it there. It's not It's not there as a purposeful extra. It's not like they're not saying, hey, here's a different version of the scene. It's just, it's just one of those, uh, you know, B-rolls where they show footage from the movie while somebody's talking. And you're like, oh, I don't remember that being in the movie. So. It's interesting to me that it's rated R. Like, I feel like this could have been PG-13. I wonder why the R rating. Oh, no. Well, I, they do talk quite a bit about that they were definitely going for an R. They weren't holding back. Uh, it's it's because of, okay. of the splatter. Uh, probably the, the one where the, the, they dropped the glass on the on the little boy. <laughs> and you see his yeah. whole body explode. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they say that they did not make any cuts for the ratings, hmm. uh, that they uh, that they were worried that they were actually pushing it beyond an R, that they could get, could have got an NC seventeen, and they didn't have to pull anything back just to get an R. So, interesting. That's pretty gruesome. <laughs> yeah, you know what? If you watch on IMDb, um, like there's a trailer that auto plays. I'm watching it on silent and it does show the inside of that garbage. Disposal. Aha. That's where I said, yes, that's where I saw it was the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's surprising. But you know, but stuff I, in trailers doesn't often make it to the, there's a yeah. lot of stuff that sometimes. Doesn't I guess they the must've forgot because they, it sounded like they were saying that there was some discussion about whether that shot was going too far. Cause it makes people extra squeamish when mm-hmm. they see that. Um, and maybe they all, you know, maybe they decided to take it out. I don't know. It's just interesting to me because to, to me, an R rating, I guess this is just speaks to us being so desensitized, wouldn't be the kills. It would be like, you know, if they use the F word a bunch of times or like yeah. if there's a sex scene or something like it. Well, to there was me, also like, a lot of uh, seems tame. there was a lot of marijuana use. That's true. Yeah. Sometimes that adds to it. I don't I don't remember if there was a lot of F words. They're I don't probably either. I, I mean, I just saw it, but I don't. That doesn't stand out to me. I guess it never does to me either. <laughs> I hear people. Yeah, I'm like, about, oh, oh, <laughs> I hear people complaining that movie had such bad language. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's so natural to me. I don't even notice it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I have some family that'll ask me like, "Is there this or that in the movie?" And I'm like, ah, "I didn't really notice." Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. But um, yeah, I don't know. So that's okay. That makes sense. The kills, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I, I also remember that they said uh, they originally wrote the little boy to be seven years old, and everybody said, "No, that's that's too much. You can't kill a seven year old. That would be not the way <laughs> that they wanted older. to." So, and then they yeah, wanted to. Yeah. Uh, they said, "Well, how about 13? And they ended up going with like the guy who's fifteen or sixteen. So, oh, interesting. But you know, it, 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 I think it's still. I would have loved it still if it was a little kid. I I, rem- I remember um, the original Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Uh, Kim Richards is like a 10 or 11 year old girl in that and she gets uh, shot to, she's, she's getting an ice cream cone from a truck and some guy comes by and just shoots her dead. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> in a sick way. Yeah. <laughs> in that same sick way. Um, the only song cue that's worth talking about is Highway to Hell. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, they were on a highway, so. Since, since I'm the musical guy, I have to point that out. <laughs> yes, thank you. 
And I, um, they did mention that the uh, the score was done by a female composer who was one of the first women composers to to get to do a score of a major motion picture. It wasn't this one, but earlier in her career, she was. One oh, of the really? Films. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Especially since nowadays we're like, you know, we highlight that maybe more if yeah. that happens. But yeah, um, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm looking at her. Filmography looks like she did like Dick Tracy and True Lies, mm. Escape from L.A. So quite a few things. Yeah, yeah, very cool. All right. <laughs> did we do it? <laughs> I think so. Okay. Um, well, okay. So this brings me to my last couple of questions for you. Um, my first one is, you know, what about if you had to summarize why this movie? Why do you feel like you've seen it so many times? Uh, because of the combination of twisted humor and gory kills <laughs> yeah this feels like a really good like you know like a, a date night movie or yeah. like a, you know go with your friends to the theater uh, around Halloween that like it, it's got that vibe right. to it for sure and, and it's sure. also done so at a higher quality level than some other like uh, reanimator for instance that's obviously comedy horror but it's done a little bit cheaper, a little bit schlockier. You know? Oh yeah, that one's super camp. I yeah, also love that movie, to be honest. But yeah. <laughs> that's so like it, a midnight showing kind of movie, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I still <laughs> like it. I still like it, but this is a different yeah. kind of a comedy feel to it. I, I agree. I, I like that you bring up the comedy aspect because I don't think people necessarily automatically think of comedy when they think of this, and it might make them see that film a little bit differently so yeah i like that spin on it um what i guess it kind of goes along with the same with my next question um how do you pitch this to someone that hasn't seen it before i mean yeah it was what you were just about to say the, the it is it does have a sense of humor to it but also i would say even if you haven't seen the first movie don't you know, don't worry about that. Go ahead and see this one without knowing anything else about the franchise. It works as a standalone, but even though it mm -hmm. is connected to the first movie, and if you are a fan of the first movie, then, you know, I think this is the best one in the franchise that I've seen. So. Nice. Okay. Well, that's a pretty good sell. <laughs> well, Danny, thank you so much. You know, thank you for uh, coming up with this, this film suggestion. Thank you for, for coming on and all your contributions over the episodes. Uh, you know, appreciate you and, and look forward to having you back soon. All right, thank you for having me.